Welcome to the Wayzata Free Conversations podcast. This month, we continue our series on why people are leaving the church and why many are deconstructing and rebuilding their faith. In this episode, lead pastor Kevin Meyer has a conversation with two experts, Justin Jepson and Peter Kapsner, who teach at local Christian universities, Northwestern and Bethel. So I just want to say welcome to Conversations. Uh, our podcast that we've been doing lately has been on why are people leaving the church, specifically Gen Z, millennials. Uh, I could give you all kinds of data on that. I did this on a podcast before as we spoke to two Gen Zs and we asked them that question. Today, I'm excited because we have two experts on this. Justin Jepson from Northwestern, who will tell us in a moment a little bit about himself, and then Peter Kapsner, who um, I think is at both Bethel and Northwestern. Is that correct, Peter? Yeah, yeah. I, I bridge the divide between the, the pagans and the Christians, and I'll yeah. let you decide which one is which. Okay, that. okay. Whichever <laughs> one you will see. <laughs> Justin's <laughs> laughing at that one, so it must be Bethel. Anyway, so yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> what I, what I, I'm really excited to do this with these guys um, and be able to just talk about this from a perspective, because um, they're both not Gen Z's. I, I can see, and that's not what they are, nor are they, well, I shouldn't say um, what your age is because I don't know, but I will say this, all the studies, I, I've gone through pupils, all the rest, um, share the fact that the U.S. is in decline, and this is one of the major groups, and it's made up of those who are called nuns, who are not adherent to any religion, and then duns, those who are just done with it because it has been irrelevant or other issues, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into that, and, 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 and there's a new term that's being coined that's used quite often. You probably heard of atheists, those who don't believe in God. You've heard of those who are agnostic, those who don't, don't know if there's a God. Now there's a new kind of apatheist, which is called those who don't care. I think one of the reasons why I've seen too in terms of Gen Zs uh, and, and millennials, you know, walking away from quote unquote the institution or the building or a certain, a certain expression or form of the church is that is that they're essentially um, they, they've it's very compartmentalized, um, and and it's has kind of this destination model of come to us you you plug in be a seat in our pew be a giver of, of our budget be a server in our programs, mm-hmm. and and they come and they go but there's not necessarily um, a view or a vision that's met, that's laid out to say well how does this affect your life Monday through Saturday. Okay. And a um, primary marker, you know, kind of the latest 360 research that came out from Barna around Gen Z is that they're, they're a generation that, that has high aspirations and a high drive to succeed. And, and again, there's a lot of great things about that. However, um, they have a tendency, I think, to, to view church then just as another thing to succeed at and another thing to excel in and another external pressure that is, is, that is exhausting them at the soul level of they're trying to measure up to rather than it being a whole new way of life, rather than it transforming and redeeming the ambitions yeah. and the drives that they do have that's plugged into a kingdom purpose rather than them seeking to build their own kingdom. Reimagine the church, not as a building with an organization and an institution signed website and, and programs and all of that. Not that all of those things are intrinsically bad because they're not. But we have to recognize that those things are just simply the way 
that the church has chosen to gather for a season. Mm -hmm. And yet, if I make an idol out of that form of gathering, I'm going to probably miss the point that the way the people of, uh, uh, of Jesus that are that are following him through the power of the spirit in this world, they've gathered in so many different ways <laughs> over these last 2000 yeah. years. And mm -hmm. so, to, so to open up my hands and open up my hearts and say, so what is the current situation in life and, and say, what does the next generation need to gather? Because we're, we're not going to do away with the idea of gathering. As Justin, you said, mm -hmm. gathering right. is, is part and parcel of this thing. Mm -hmm. We need really good shepherds that can faithfully represent and teach what the kingdom is to, to equip the saints for ministry. We, there, mm -hmm. There's certain components. We need communion together. And how would I walk away from the church? Why, why would I not want to go to church? I need to gather with other believers in whom the spirit is dwelling as we're walking out life together to bear witness in this world. Well, okay. And, and you, yeah, right. I mean, it's critical. Right. Okay. Stuff, but just so, let me yes. stop you there because we'll need to get into that. You're, you're now redefining the church because totally. I, I think a lot of people would go, um, I don't like the way the institutional church is representing Christ. I don't want to be a part of that, but I can talk mm -hmm. to Gen Zers and millennials all day who will say, hey, I've deconstructed and I'm taking the parts of Christ that are true. And one of the parts is community. Part of when you look at what the church was doing, I remember growing up in a model where it was it was it was compared to the business. It was a CEO who was leading the business with a board yeah. and bring this smaller board around and and I don't think that's what this generation cares about. They don't want a business. They want a family. So, so some answer to this question in the more organic gathering together where we need the shepherding, we need the teaching, we need, there, there's a reason to come together for common worship as well. All of those things, I think, unless we can resolve some of the geographic proximity questions say, hey, we're, we're at least within, a, you know, 10, 15 minutes of each other that we are going to like look at a community to minister to in a multi-generational, multicultural kind of way. I think mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest challenges is how do we reconstruct something where we're doing more life together than just driving to the same church from different locations on the weekend. Mm -hmm. But really, I think it's, it's, it's being honest about how the church, and I mean capital C, in, in various forms has actually misrepresented whose name they've, they bear. They've misrepresented Jesus in a variety of different ways. But at the same time, I think Gen, uh, millennials and Gen Zs need to recognize how they've allowed um, their, their view of Jesus to be constructed by the misrepresentation of mm. Jesus rather than by the revelation of Scripture. Okay. And so, um, so I, th I find it, uh, Kevin, when I'm having conversations with students, what they're deconstructing is actually not Jesus of the Scriptures. Yeah. They're, rep they're, they're deconstructing a misrepresentation of Jesus, which... Yes, <laughs> we need sure. to be able to shepherd them and, and guide them in that. And I think one of the ways, too, that we seek, and I've, I seek to do that at the, kind of at the college university level, is that there's a difference between, you know, simply inoculating them with the truth and saying, here's what you have to believe. Here's what you need to believe. Here's what you have to profess. And then there is a place for that. Mm -hmm. Rather than uh, teaching and equipping them, here's how you think. Mm -hmm. Here's how you think biblically, critically. Here's how, here's how a worldview is actually formed. Did you know that you have been formed? You are being formed. So it's, not, it's a matter of who or what is forming you. And, um, and so I think it's good sometimes to dig beneath the surface and say, uh, how on both sides have we contributed to this prevailing and presenting issue that we see before us? You know, every, every generation kind of tries to figure out how to be the church. Um, and they all have the area after a time, it, it, it goes 
a bit off. For instance, I know the generation of the boomers, there was a whole, from Saddleback to Willow Creek, you can name it, there was a whole seeker movement. And the whole purpose of that, if you get to the heart of it when it started, was that most of the churches no one could relate to. Um, it wasn't relating to daily life. Uh, the music was not something they listened to in the radio. So they started doing things that, that really connected with where that generation was at. And there was um, growth in church attendance and, and I think also in ministry. I think there's another generation comes along and goes, ah, we see the fruits of that and we're not real thrilled about it. So now there's almost a move back to how do we get into, you know, that's why you have a house church movement. You have all kinds of other movements that are taking place right now that are, I think, much more relationally based and more interactively based. What, what are your yeah. thoughts on that, Peter? you are increasingly giving up this life to follow. And, and if I've done that, and Kevin, you've done that, and Justin has done that, then I'm going to want to gather with the two of you because we are the church, right? The, the church is mm -hmm. not an institution with a sign and a steeple. That's just a place where the, father, the church actually gathers. Dallas Willard has a great phrase that is the idea of God has redemptive resources ever at hand for us. And for the people who have made the decision, as you said, Kevin, to follow Jesus in their life, not making a decision for the afterlife, that, I mean, that's simply the home towards which we're headed, right? But for the people who have said yes to following Jesus, um, what, again, that means is the power of sin and death is greeted now by a different power in their life. There are redemptive resources ever at hand to actually shift and form our attitudes and our values and our dispositions to bring those hidden places in alignment with what we show on the outside world. We're no longer playing the game of pretend. We're no longer loving because we think we're supposed to love, but it's mostly through gritted teeth. Um, we, we actually increasingly become people of peace and patience. This is the witness of scripture, right? Life in the spirit is this witness. And, and so I think the great remedy to hypocrisy is not for the three of us and all the people to, to try like really hard, just keep trying. The great remedy is to reframe the invitation of the gospel to begin with, mm -hmm. to allow people to learn increasingly as disciples how to access those redemptive resources individually and communally. Remember, the church is for everybody. It includes everybody, multi-generational, multi-ethnic. And, right. um, and so I think for, for me, uh, in the conversations, Peter, that you and I've had, you know, in terms of how to reconstruct, um, we have to be really, really clear on what the foundation is, right? And, and I think when we go back to the starting line, so to speak, and the opening lines of Jesus's public ministry, you know, he said, the time has, has been fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. So he talks about the kingdom first, before he talks about the church. Mm -hmm. Part of what maturity is is the ability to let go and to mm -hmm. let a generation that is coming up take the reins and be able to kind of look back I, I use an illustration often like with people our age I just say you know at Christmas I have a couple of grandkids I only had like two presents but they had 15 and I wasn't jealous about that and not only did they have 15 <laughs> presents they got to go first and open most of their presents and I wasn't <laughs> my my joy wasn't about me and getting what I want. Mm. I mean, I didn't really mm -hmm. care if I had a present, to be honest. What I what mm -hmm. I found joy in is watching them celebrate the opening of those gifts. That's mm -hmm. the difficulty for the generations that are older, if you want to put it that way. How do you yeah. say, okay, we're mature enough. We're getting close enough to probably being with Jesus forever that I'll get to listen to whatever music or whatever I want forever, right? <laughs> 
you know, just because you're of an older generation doesn't mean you're automatically more mature in your yep, faith. Totally. You know, we all, right. We all have the tendency. I mean, just look at Peter. So, I mean, I didn't know you were going to say the obvious, but everybody I, I was just, thinking I just it. Say it this, everybody was thinking it. I, I just yeah, say it this exactly. way. You can stand in a yeah. garage and you're not a car. I mean, let's face it. You yeah. can sit in a pew in a church and doesn't I, mean you become. I can hang out in a weight room and be in horrible shape. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And that's, but I honestly, I think there is some of that that this generation is reacting to when we talk about yes that. for sure yeah because i think i think sometimes what the the generation z that they're seeing sometimes when they gather um is generations not worshiping jesus but worshiping their preferences yeah and worshiping the structure of the service because it it scratches their itch it meets them where they're at um and i think um we all have a tendency right to emphasize the structure over the substance mm-hmm. And so what does it look like for us to be able to peel back those layers and really hit and see the substance of the way the presence of God um, can be made manifest through the power of the spirit with maybe a new wineskin, a new music style, a new rhythm, a new whatever. Right. And I think that that does take um, a great amount of intentionality and, um, and spiritual maturity to do that. And we need, we need each other's help. And, and a place where I'm not just being served, but a place where I can plug in, a place where I can serve. And we can look at um, the reality of the gathered people of God is, is unlike any other gathering on the face of this planet. Well, you know what? We've talked a lot about this. Is there, is there anything else? I mean, you kind of, we didn't go through like a, a bullet point list necessarily. We've kind of gone around a bit, but are there anything else before we kind of close this conversation that you want to add to why why are the Gen Zs and millennials leaving the church? Yeah, I think you hit on a number of things that were really important, Kevin. And, and just following up from what you guys are just talking about, um, <clears throat> I think it's important to recognize that what we're not talking about here is that my generation and older generation above me, like they are a total zoo and the younger generation has got it all right. Like we're, mm-hmm. it's clearly not the case. The younger generation is a complete and total zoo, like all the rest mm-hmm. of us. I mean, the the rise of anxiety and turmoil and depression and all of those things mm-hmm. does. I think the church has to be careful into the future to not prioritize the the needs that are different of the next generation as saying that they are somehow better than or more able to meet those needs simply because they're living within those needs. It's mm-hmm. really important to not just say, hey. We're, we're going to follow their lead that, you know, because then you're pitting either versus or as opposed to saying, hey, look, we need to become biblically faithful people of a multi-generational mindset in which we bring our gifts and our weaknesses all to the table together. But but singing a mighty fortress is our God is not better or worse than singing uh, what a beautiful name. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the question is, is are they theologically representing the kingdom in a way? that is going to help me and us as a community grow faithfully as disciples together. And the needs of the next generation are different than mm-hmm. the needs of, of, of somebody who is 75, 80 years old. And yet both of those needs are equally valid and real mm-hmm. and need to be taken to the cross in the kingdom together in those places. And I think the church that can figure out how to differentiate, but validate both uh, gener- or all the different generations and saying, hey, there's mm-hmm. just different stuff, but we're in this deal together. I think part of the great reconstruction is that we're in this deal together, like you said, but that's going to require a a community of humility that really does desire to see the wholeness brought across the table to every member of that community. And that's not easy to find um, for Mm -hmm. for a lot of us, I think. And then then how much of this right now is 
we've had people attending churches who have been part of churches, but not necessarily, I'll just say it this way, um, having had a, a spiritual formation that's occurring, that's following Jesus, that now what's happening is as the culture shifts away from being quote a Christian culture in that sense, mm-hmm. it's just taking the lid off where a lot of people are going, yeah, I really didn't believe this stuff anyway. You know what I mean? In some yeah. ways mm-hmm. it could be that God uh, is allowing this to happen so that he is mm-hmm. getting again um, his church, um, which may be less than what we thought. That, mm-hmm. that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. That doesn't answer the Gen Zs and millennials leaving, but it might answer why the church is potentially shrinking to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, I, oh, that's, that could be a whole nother podcast. Because I think part of, right. I think part of the rebuilding um, aspect or the reconstructing is, is relearning what uh, Eugene Peterson referred to this way as the unforced rhythms of grace. Mm -hmm. Um, In other words, learning the, this traditional historic like spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines and how those can be practically applied on the everyday and the everyday level. And one of the things that struck me a year ago when we had to send our students home, um, well, when they were sent off for spring break and didn't return and a lot of the feedback that we got in terms of how that affected their, their spiritual lives. The, one of the overwhelming responses we got is, yeah, we couldn't gather, couldn't connect with friends, but it's like, I didn't know what to do or like how to, how to foster the uh, communion with God, like how to cultivate that. What, what practices like, yeah, I could read my Bible and pray by myself, but how do I do that with other, how do I, and so I think being able to um, build in those unforced rhythms of grace, in other words, of how do we cooperate with God's grace in some of the historic practical spiritual disciplines and, um, and one of which actually that has maybe been surprising to me that has really seemed to land home for students that I've had in the classroom or in chapel is learning the different rhythms of engagement and rest. Because one of the, one of the um, kind of underlying markers of Gen Z in particular is that they're exhausted mm-hmm. and they're tired and, and, that, and that drive for them to perform and to succeed. They don't know how to let go. They don't know how to rest. And so, uh, I mean, I think learning when I talked about the discipline of simplicity and solitude and silence in my spiritual formation class, it was just like, it was like a breath of fresh air. Like, wait, are you saying this is possible? Like, this is actually part of what it means to follow Jesus. It's not, you know, in the world that says, don't just sit there, do something. Sometimes Jesus says, don't do anything. Just sit there. (laughs) Let's just be together. And so to learn how to, how to practice that, I think is one of the practical ways of rebuilding and reconstructing life in the kingdom together with with this generation. You've been listening to the Wyzetta Free Conversations podcast. For more information about Wyzetta Free Church, please check out wyzettafree.org or download our app available on the App Store or on Google Play.